Simmons, are you there? And are you ready to tell the damn story? Story, 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 story. Episode 104, man. Yeah, yeah. Wow, we were just chugging along. By the way, just just a quick personal aside, I was at a birthday party for a friend yesterday, and I was mentioning the blog. I'm not the blog, I'm sorry, our podcast. And I mentioned that, you know, we had past 100 and then i got to talking about you know 102 103 and then oh really and one of the people at the party does a blog about cozies ah cozy mysteries that's right so there was a nice dialogue between us about that and i uh, she vintage episode 102 well some (laughs) someone the the birthday boy i'm not mentioning names at this point but the birthday boy had sent her because he listens to our podcast. Ah, that's very cool. So he had sent her a, uh, a link to that particular episode. But then I talked to her about Deadly Ink and you doing... A, so she's she's going to now going to try and check out more of our episodes because she cool. wasn't able to make this year's Deadly Ink because they relocated. Yeah. We have, uh, we have a break this week from Deadly Ink. Yes, that's right. The and ink, right then uh, what we have left are um, the Rookies. Uh, I guess you could say they are the people who uh, very much um, they are uh, kind of first time interviews mm-hmm. and it's a, um, a, a roar, more raw interview. Um, it'll be interesting to see what we do with those. But today we wanted to do something a little different. Yeah, well, diff- different, more different than the Deadly Ink thing, but more in line with the things we've done in the past, which is really explore... Uh, Are you saying we're going back to the future? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't, I don't know. Oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, um, you know, one of the things, folks, that we've always tried to do with, with Tell the Damn Story, and I think I can be bold enough to say we, we managed to do, well, is yes, talk about the process. We talk about <clears throat> a lot of the things that we go through as creatives, but also, you know, in terms of, you know, getting your head wrapped around the story, research, all that. But we also talk about the business end and some of the walls that we've run into, nose first, you know, bleeding from the gums. So Chris spent the summer, uh, as some of you may know from a previous episode or two, reworking a novel that he had written and completed how long ago? Two years ago? No, 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 no. Three? <laughs> okay. This has been out for... Uh, eight to ten years. That's no. Yeah, bro. Time flies. Yes. Well, I uh, three I books first... in ten years. Those those three. I know you've done others, but no. Well, I've written four novels and a collection of short stories, and then all the blackjack stuff that we did together. But, but I was in those ten years. On yeah. City, focusing on on city. There's yeah. there's uh, city of woe. Yeah, and then uh, one or two reviewers were asking, "I wish we knew about Mallory and Gunner before this novel." So I had I had been published. Actually, Mallory and Gunner made their um, publishing debut in Crime Spree magazine from about ten years ago, and I pulled that story, and I had a few others, and then wrote a few more, and that became uh, City of Sin, which is all happens before City of Well. And then City of Pain is the sequel to City of Well. And then Still Planned is City of Love. And that'll be the, you know, the whole Oprah's, damn it. But and you've been working on those for how long? Ten years. Yeah, okay. So it is ten years. Uh, maybe twelve years. You know, it was like I rewrote City of Well ten, ten times before we published it. And Rutgers honored it. And then um, Independent... Public uh, Book Publishers of America Association, excuse me, Independent Book Publishers Association. They honored it. And then uh, um, this guy, Tom, a great radio uh, book reviewer in the Baltimore area, created an award for it, <laughs> which was a high honor in my eyes. Um, but after that, and after it being out, kind of, you know, trying to test them. I've been independently testing the market for about a decade, seeing what I can do and how I can learn to be better at that. And uh, suddenly last summer, there was interest from a uh, publisher who said, you know, you've 
refresh that and uh, have it uh, looked at, you know, uh, by a pub- uh, professional editor, and there would be there would be considerable interest. Uh, there's no guarantee. There's no contract, but that's what got me going. And I, the reason I bring that up is yeah. What is we, the reason to bring that up? Well, we have. I mean, we're going to talk about stuff later on, but I want to yeah. kind of put this asterisk on it. We've talked about uh, this experience the last couple of weeks, but I wanted to stress the caution and um, this as being an exception rather than a rule, you know. Uh, I don't want anyone to misinterpret publishers. They misinterpret saying, hey, I can just rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite and rewrite forever. Mm-hmm. That's not the impression that I'm trying to give. Uh, City of Woe was out and it was what it was, warts and all, until a publisher said, I'm interested in doing something if you do this, this, and this. Um, otherwise, it would be on the market as it was, you know, when it first arrived. Having said that, and having cautioned people that you, yes, as an independent publisher, you can rewrite and rewrite and rewrite, but it's not something that, I think you should do all your rewrites before you publish, right? And have it ready and have it read and tested and and get some feedback and rewrite and have it as good as you possibly can make it and then send it out to the world and go to the next thing. That's how you grow. Uh, this was an exception to my rule, not um, not the way I usually do business. Not the rule itself. Yeah, I just want to stress that. Uh, but we did want to talk today a little bit about. Go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Well, my impression is that we wanted to talk about when to and how to and the process of and bringing your stuff, your creativity to another le- level. And uh, kind of branching out, you, sir, have this intriguing project that you're starting now. Uh, that is another, it's, it's another revisit. It really is. We're kind of, I, I, the theme is kind of evolving as, you know, cautionary revisit episode, you know, mm-hmm. because uh, you're doing something that you, you experimented with a while ago. Mm, okay wasn't really thrilled with the response and now whether it's the time whether it's the culture whether your audience has grown you're having a lot more fun with it so you want to talk about that for a while well yeah there's there's a couple things folks that i'll try and do to help you jump on this train that's already left the station (laughs) yeah but it's still chugging kind of slow we're giving people a time throw your bags right on yeah um so here's here's the thing i mean both Chris and I, uh, in different ways, uh, really stepped out there to, to accomplish uh, 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 an area of our career called writing. We wanted to, Chris, I, more so than, than I, wanted to be a writer. I had wanted to be a performer, which I did pursue for a period of time. And then because of, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, because of the era that I, that, that I was in at the time, which was the early 70s to, to late 70s, because of how things were going in the medium at that time, uh, certain types of roles for black males in particular, I started writing more material because I felt we had a wider range of possibilities. So my writing became something I started doing to support my acting or expand my acting possibilities. And then slowly but surely, with my Sherlock Holmes play, I realized in order for me to do it justice, I needed to focus on the writing. And then that led to me doing more and more and more and more writing on different projects. You well, were an uh, an actor who wrote, and yeah. I have been a writer who acts. Very exactly. interesting. But exactly. you've evolved much more into a writer first over the years. I would I would agree with you there. Um, and I do at this point in my life still miss acting, but I found that the writing was was really calling more. Um, and and because of that, um, and again back to those early days when I started doing more writing. Because I started out writing projects that were mine, in one way, it sort of gave me exercises and it gave me experiences that made me a little bit more ready for 
when writing assignments from other people started to come in. And so I worked with, you know, editors and things like that. I actually got to work with Simon & Schuster and some other uh, established publishers on children's projects. Okay? Sorry. I had that little That's okay. You know, just make sure you're all right. Um, And, you know, once again, writing for yourself is one thing. You know, my Sherlock Holmes play, a couple of things. That was my concept, my vision, me working on it, and then trying it out with, uh, in the case of the theater piece, people reading it, giving me feedback, doing a reading, which is, you know, having actors come in, take the different roles, and we sit with the scripts, and they perform while reading the script. You know, mm-hmm. all these things testing until eventually, uh, like something like four or five years later, there's actually a production on its feet, on a stage, and right. there's an audience watching it. Right. Yeah. So, you know, and even then, even during the rehearsal periods, you're rewriting, you're rewriting, you're re- you know, the lines are tighter or whatever, you're hearing, you're discovering things. But, you know, Chris, in his process, his journey, and me and mine, we've gone through enough situations where we've created a work and then we put it in front of somebody else to review. We put it in front of an audience or beta readers, you know, people who we pull together, say, look, check this out. Give me feedback because I'm still working on it. I want to know what you think. And and to some degree, you mentioned uh, something they did. So let me go from Sherlock Holmes and that play through the children's experience, writing a lot of children's books, to writing you know some comic books and again working with editors, to creating my own series, Blackjack. Okay, it's right over your shoulder. Yes, it is <laughs> on both sides. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and. What happened with, with you know, we're, we're back to our own property again. We're back to creating the property and then doing the one thing that neither one of us said when we were children. I can't wait to grow up and be a marketer. I can't wait to grow up and Woo. be a distributor. <laughs> you know, Finally. Yeah. One of these days, <laughs> I'll be a publisher, marketer, distributor, you know, promotion department. No, I at no time was I saying any of that. And yet here we are. And I think what has happened... Uh, and I'll, I'll talk about the retro in a moment. What's happened is we've been forced by virtue of this independent publishing experience. We've been forced to wear those hats. And I think at times we've been lucky, eloquent. Uh, we've screwed up. We we haven't been able to manipulate. Moi? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Moi, moi. Moi aussi. Uh, we haven't been able to generate the kind of reaction, response, deals, money, you know, that we wanted to. And it's taken years for us to even get better, even though we're still not pros or great at this, taking this time to get there because we're really artists who are trying to also be all these other things. So the blackjack thing, and this is going to go back to rewriting too, the blackjack thing was at a point when I had released, I think, we were doing, I don't actually remember folks accurately, just bear with me, I'm old. Um, but we had released a couple of Blackjack stories because Chris and I had written some books together and or stories separately that went into one anthology. But either way, right. we've been working on some Blackjack stories together. We had the books coming out and I was trying to promote more audience interaction with it, more engagement from the people on Facebook that were following and all of that. And so I said something, I, I had a, a title, working title called you know, Blackjack, the Something Crusade. And what it was going to be was I said to the audience base, I said, look, how many of you would like to actually be in a Blackjack story? And I'm figuring, okay, you got all these people going, oh, yeah, we want to see more Blackjack. Okay, great. Okay. So how many of them, I would write them in to a Blackjack story or actually do a collection of short stories and different people who had been, um, who had volunteered and who I'd actually accepted would go into these stories. And I expected a much bigger reaction than I got, just based on the numbers of people that had been interacting with the Facebook uh, Blackjack page and with some of the other things. How about, now you've tried that again recently. Well, that's where I'm going to, yeah. So when I did it that time and didn't get the interaction or the reaction that I, I wanted, and or expected even, it sort of fizzled out. It's, it's very much like the, 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 the Day Chronicles, you know, the stories about Blackjack's sister, Mary. Um, a lot of people saying to me, in particular, a lot of women saying to me, you know, we need to see more women heroes. And this is before the Marvel Universe and all of that, you know. And then I'm, I always wanted to do more on Mary. And I started trying to get a campaign going 
to help find funding to do that. And so I let those things sort of disappear into the background. Recently, and don't ask me what 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 inspired or prompted me to try this again. I think it was more just sort of click click. Uh, recently, I was doing some experimentation with my Instagram engagement, and there's a um, I'll call her an Instagram guru. There, there are several out there, but one of the ones that I sort of check in on is a woman named Alex Tooby, T O B Y, right? And she gave uh, a video instruction on some some strategies, and I decided, okay, let me let me try those. And what it really was was a, a, a way of deciding what you were going to post in your Instagram feed over a period of days. And each day you had to do something in particular. I don't want to try and sort of bastardize her, her strategy. So I'll simply say that, like, let's say day one, you write something a little more personal or more introspective or insightful based on your, your personality, what you're talking about, how it ties into, in this case, Blackjack, how it ties into your, your world and your creation of Blackjack. And another day you would do a poll with your audience. Another day you would do you know, a Q&A. So I was thinking about this and I think, well, you know, I wrote something, you know, I hopefully was insightful. And then I thought, what would I like to do to interact with the audience here? You know, just just a little fun thing. You know, just I was feeling very lighthearted about the whole thing. No, no pressure. No, no intention. Oh, we gotta, gotta. And I thought, you know, what? Let, me, let me just throw up the question again. So I grabbed that old question from out of the past. How many of you would like to be in a, in a blackjack story? And threw it up there on Instagram. And I got like, you know, several responses. I thought, oh, well, that's, that's cool. Then I looked at them. And by the way, small numbers may be uh, less dynamic and, 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 and newsworthy, you know, on the, big on the big screen. But you can still, you have to still look at the fact that these people responded. That's that's your audience talking to you. So I got like, I don't know, four or five people who responded. Oh, yeah, I would love to do that. And I'm thinking, oh, that's, that's uh -huh. cool. Yeah, I thought, oh, you know what? That? And then I looked at the types of people. And it wasn't the same type of person, all five of these people. They were coming from very different backgrounds. Male, female, uh, blue collar, uh, upper middle class. I'm thinking, age-wise, there was a range in there, too. So, okay, all right, well. No, I played with that for a little bit. Then I said, well, let me continue with this. And that's what started to happen. I I reached back to him and said, okay, victim or villain? What do you want to be? And I got more, oh, giddy kind of responses, playful. And we're, we're not talking children. We're talking adults. Now I'm going, oh, oh I always want to be a villain. I want to be a villain. And that was more engaging. We was some dialogue, some, some extra emails. Some, my posts were running longer. I'm looking at this, I'm going, okay, this is actually affecting my interaction and engagement with my audience. They're, they're actually, some other people are watching this happen. They're not participating, but you can see more people clicking on it. So this is this is interesting. And it was still fun to me. It was still all, all fun and games. So at one point, out of the four or five people who originally said yes, only two of them got back to me with victim or villain. So I pursued them, but I found funny ways to do this. You know, a little quick notes and things like that. And I kept it within the, the vernacular of a blackjack kind of mission. So I'm now playing a game with them. And the moment I started saying, well, look, you volunteered for the mission. I've got to plan the mission and stuff like that. So suddenly people started coming back. And then more people. So I went from four people, four or five people, to 14. <laughs> yeah. And again, a wide diaspora. I don't, I don't know if that's a short story anymore. Well, I, <laughs> the, the thing is, the, the whole thing, not the whole thing, but the next five or six steps are already planned out. Uh, one person wrote back to me, because I sent them all surveys. I said, give me some background on you. You know, I'm going to put you into the story. I need to know you a little bit better around these things. And one of them filled out the survey and sent it back to me, and she, she said, after after reading what I wrote, I don't really seem much like a villain. And she'd wanted to be one. And I wrote back to her, don't worry, leave it to me. <laughs> and she writes, oh, awesome. She's all excited. So, you know, I'm I'm looking at this and I'm going, why did this work so so much better this time than the last time? And I don't know yet. And I'm at this exact moment from a from a writer's standpoint and from the standpoint of the creator having a good time with these people, I don't care. From a marketing standpoint, I'm supposed to care. 
So at some point, I got to put that hat back on. But right uh -huh. now, I'm looking at what's the, what's the story? How am I going to cast these people into the story, which I already figured out? And how do I lay out the story and bring the audience base, the fan base that is sort of now engaged in this? How do I bring them along on this journey? So well, those let me ask, I've worked out. Let me ask a couple of questions. Um, 1847. That's true. Yes. Uh, when you first did it, when you weren't um, satisfied with responses, on what platform did you do it? Facebook. Okay. And this time when you were more satisfied, what primarily, what platform Instagram. did you use? Instagram I, posts and Instagram stories. Yeah. I think that one of the things that I'm noticing that I think you're noticing is that there is more dynamic engagement with Instagram. More people willing to jump in and say, ooh, you know, let me play. Uh, Facebook, I, it seems that people kind of get zombified and they're just flipping through. And there's, zombified? Yeah, there's a little zombified. Um, I might be wrong, and I would be a great conversation to have in the comments. You know, anyone who says, oh, no, the studies show, then come bring it. I'd love to see that. Um, I, I tend to think that Facebook people, I mean, and again, it depends on what you're doing on Facebook, but I tend to think that for me, a lot of the Facebook fans that I've had either for Blackjack or Kids Comic Con have been more uh, voyeurs than hands-on interaction. Right. Lots, Instagram lots, seems lots. more interactive. Yeah. yeah, watching what you do. Right. Maybe clicking a like on what you do, but right. not getting involved in what you do. So, I mean, that might be one of the things, and if so, then let's play, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so that's cool. Um, so is there at this point a timetable for when you'd like to see this story go public, or are we too young, too uh, early in the process for that yet? I'm, um, I do a process, uh, which I don't know if I've ever mentioned on this show, but I, I do uh, what I it's call... It's called the Watusi. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> as opposed to the Macarena, uh, which I can't stand. Um, <clears throat> I, I can't, that's right, I said it out loud, okay? I can't stand that song. Now we'll get comments. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Macarena, my, 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 my navel lint. Um, I do mind mapping, and it's very... Uh, freeing, liberating for me to do mind mapping. I, I try and do it early in the morning, and if some people are going, really, what, what is mind mapping? That sounds really no, weird. What it is, in effect, of, is I take a big pad of paper, or sometimes independent sheets, and a marker, and I set a timer, and I sort of exhale a little bit, and I just, you know, another phrase would be brain dump. I just let ideas and thoughts drop onto the page. I just write whatever is coming to my mind. And usually, it's it's just random. I don't care whether it pertains to writing or personal life or whatever. It's just get it out of the head and then look at it. Um, but I also do that with projects. So to answer your question, the moment I noticed this was really starting to sort of pick up its own or develop its own life and energy, uh, I did project. And I said, how would I like this to sort of work out? And what would be a deadline that I would set for myself? Because I, I have a couple of blackjack stories, you know, the plots on the board, but I hadn't given them a date. I hadn't said when I'm going to sit down and start working on them and all that. And then I was thinking at least the two that I originally wanted to do had smaller casts, more intimate kind of adventure. So here's one, especially after I wound up with 14 people. And plus, it could be 15 because one of the people asked me if I could work his daughter in. So I'm looking at this and I'm going, OK, I actually have a blackjack story that I started working on a couple of years ago and then put aside for other projects, blackjack and other you know, projects. And I thought, let me go back to that. So I, I haven't announced what the title is. Nobody knows yet, but it involves a larger cast. You know, if we're going to do the movie, it's a much bigger cast. Uh, there's a lot more danger to the victims than to Blackjack. And initially, you know, he's not, he's even undercover in a way. So there's aspects of a crew and, and, or staff and 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 a party of, of of individuals who have different stations in life, you know, from from affluent to to working in the bowels of. And I, there are hints in there, by the way, folks. So I'm really looking forward to developing that further. And I'm thinking that in a perfect world, 
somewhere between Halloween and Thanksgiving would be a fun time to have that out. This year. Yeah. This year. Yeah. Say it again. <laughs> okay, bro. Because I'm going to. This, this year. I, I'm going to throw it curve your way. Go ahead. Well, you know, we're going to be posting this episode. And there might very well be some tell the damn story listeners um, who say, wow, I missed out on that. I'd love to participate. I want to I want to be in that story. What if they were to drop comments on this episode and say, hey, how about me? I want to be in. I want to be a villain. I want to be a hero. I want to be a victim. I want to be. I want to be the newsboy on the corner, whatever it is. You know. Well, you know, it's funny you should say that because. Um, would you would you take more than 14 or at, are you at your your limit? Well, now? I'll answer that question this way. <laughs> you mentioned newsboy and I'll just very quickly say there's a dear friend of mine. She's more like a sister to me uh, whose son passed away a few years ago. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, it's an adult. It's an adult male. But, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, it's a little 10 year old one. But nevertheless, it's her, it's her baby. Right. But he passed away, and um, he was a really lovable human being. And I just, I just was so torn up by how he went and why and all that, that I wrote him into a short story, a blackjack story at that time. And he was a newsboy, you know, had a little newsstand, the whole bit. So uh, when you said that, I immediately flashed back to him. Um, but to answer your question about would I uh, expand on this and all that, I think there's there's two ways to go, and I, I won't make a decision at this exact moment. I will say that, one, I could say that the, the casting call is over for this particular story, but I could go back to the original premise from back in the day where it was originally going to be uh, a series of stories, you know, a collection of stories. It was going back to the Blackjack Crusade. Uh, and, and so, yeah, uh, if a bunch of people were to suddenly jump on the comment section and say, I want to be, and I want to be, and I want to, I could look at, or we could look at, if you wanted to get involved in this, I know you've got a lot of stuff on your plate, but we could look at a collection of short stories, and where however many people want to be involved, we would split them up to different stories. So there's different ways of doing this, and it could be, you know, if, if, because I said, I'm looking at, I would like it to be between Halloween and Thanksgiving, but that doesn't mean, at this exact moment, that that's written in stone. Right. So, you know, it could be, yeah, bring more people into this story, give myself a much longer deadline, you know, to shoot for farther out, or go back to putting together that anthology, which which was an intriguing thought in and of itself. Actually, there are a lot of marketing possibilities to that as well, you know. But you know, it it the the thing here, Chris, I feel the difference in terms of my attitude now versus back then is back then. It felt like, oh, my God, you know, I really want this to work. I really, you know, I, I want more people. Involved. I felt a sort of desperation, you know, and I felt very let down when right. you, know, you have all these people cheering what you're doing. And then when you say, hey, let's get involved. And really, it's like nobody's coming to the party. You, well, know? you know, that was what it felt like back then. Let's. Uh, let's throw down the gauntlet. Okay, I am not currently involved. I'm not currently involved in this project, right? Mm-hmm. But when this episode goes out, we'll share it to a bunch of people, and um, and a bunch of different sites as we usually do. And here's the deal: if we get, um, what do you have? Fourteen right yep, now. Fourteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we get a dozen more people. <laughs> saying I want to be in then I'll jump in and I'll write a story too because you know right now I'm focused on a lot of other stuff Yeah, exactly. I don't have any blackjack on my plate but if 12 people say 12, what, 12 write me in true. Yeah, yeah. that doesn't, doesn't make a difference who they are you know although I don't want to see 12 Alex Simmons saying <laughs> yeah me and me and me yeah. and me yeah. <laughs> But twelve legitimate human beings that are not Alex Simmons mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, say they want to be involved in, in, in being written into a blackjack story, then uh, I'll jump in and we'll see what we can do. Yeah, uh, here's yeah. a challenge for you, audience. 
Yeah, well, let's let's see. Audience let's, is like, uh, we don't know if we are 12 people. Yes, you are. Come on. <laughs> I, I will also acknowledge that the, one of the things I like about, and I, you know, I, I'm not into analytics. I understand you should be, you need to be, all that, but I don't worship them day by day. But every now and then I look at our analytics, and it's it's fun to think that within our audience base, it's you know predominantly people in the United States, but there are people in other countries. So I just want to just point it out quite clearly. Anybody, anybody, anybody. Yeah. we will work out the logistics and work it into the story. Anybody. And actually, 12 or more, and I'll, we're in. I'll go a step further, because the story I'm working on is set in a particular location. But depending on who, if, if 12 do come forth and all that, where you're from, if you're not in the United States, we can maybe do a story that leads to your area, you know, wherever mm -hmm. you the planet because he's a globetrotter so you know just let's just see what you want to bring to the table but anyway i i, well, just, I, I guess that's the challenge bring it yeah uh, let's see it. what the audience does <laughs> but you know um for again to sort of tie this into again the process um i said earlier we're you know neither one of us plan to become distributors and promoters and 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 and, and marketing departments and all of that we're really writers at heart, and I know a lot of writers, um, professionals who have been at it for a while, and others who are still banging on the door 20 years later, and others who are just starting to bang on the door. Your belief in what you do is key to your pursuit, but you also have to acknowledge where you drop the ball. You have to acknowledge where you're weak, where you can't, you know, you're not that good at X. And in a perfect world, you would be able to hire or partner with someone who's better at those things that you're not. But first, you have to admit what you don't do well and find a way of dealing with that. True. Um, there's probably a ton of things that I don't do well or that I could do better. This current move... Um, is addressing a, a bit of wisdom that Joe R. Lansdale, I've, I've quoted him before, saying that, you know, it matters if somebody has vetted you, mm -hmm. you know, and that's the position I want to be in. I mean, yes, Crimes Free published me, um, Wizard Magazine back in the old days. I've gotten a couple of good mentions from uh, Writer's Digest for different things. Um, and we but shouldn't get, ignore the fact that you are an award-winning, you know, or you yeah, and those awards, that, of course, award-winning reporter, award-winning reporter. Uh, the book itself has gotten some awards and all that sort of stuff. But there's, I want to remove doubt from people's uh, mind when they see any of my work. So that's what's kind of driving this. And um, I was prepping to pitch. Uh, a new thing that is almost finished mm -hmm. um, when this offer came up. And as a business person, I don't think you can ignore um, even of a surprise offer if it sounds like uh, it may accomplish a goal. You know, uh, it would be mutually beneficial, I think, to have a, for them to pick up a good solid manuscript that already has some uh, uh, cachet to it and for me to like Joe said get vetted <laughs> I mean you have vetted you're, me <laughs> you're, look, you're looking at you're looking at yourself pragmatically as well as creatively I have to I think, I think yeah exactly you have to and and that's what I'm saying now a lot of what we talk about on the show and sometimes we talk very focused about tips and things for getting through some process of the writing experience. Um, sometimes it's damaging to your ego, you know, when something doesn't work and you beat yourself. Other times it's how people react to mm -hmm. what you write. Uh, the fact that, that I've written other things that I was hired to do, yeah, it does allow me to say, okay, I've been published by other people. But sometimes I've been turned down in ways that confuse the heck out of me. Because what then turns up, having been done by another person, is in my eyes, you know, let me just throw that out there, in my eyes, not better than what I, I could have yeah. done. As a matter of fact, in some cases, it has been pedantic. Yeah. You know, well, 
you know, and, and that's, but I'm saying that's another thing. That's another one of those little sort of punches in the chest when you go, you, you turn me down and, and okay, so you go to somebody better and then look what you got. I don't and sometimes, that. sometimes it's a change that you didn't see coming, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I was hired, uh, you know, you kind of helped guide me and I was hired by Archie Comics and I wrote a uh, four part uh, piece, uh, Three Musketeers. I was very mm-hmm. proud of it. It was a lot of fun and paid for. Cash that check. Spent yeah, that check, right? Uh, but then there was kind of uh, internal set stuff going on in Archie. And the outcome of that was a new leadership and this new direction, the WB type show direction, uh, while the four part piece was very much the traditional uh, direction of Archie. And uh, it may never see light of day now, you know, at this point, they've had a couple of years of opportunity where it's done and approved and all that sort of stuff. So. That's always a weird thing. I don't take Archie as a credit because it never got out published. But, you yeah. know, I I did get professionally paid. Yeah. So it's like, ah, damn, that close, you know. But like you said, sometimes you don't, you can't understand what exactly happened, but you yeah. got to keep going, you know. Yeah, and there's also, you know, there's the other end of this, which, again, you and I talk about off camera, if you will, and uh, when we were talking about this episode. And, and, and again, folks, understand that this episode is about discovery. Uh-huh. You know, there's a lot of it is what we have discovered as we have worked on our independent projects, to, you know, separately, as well as independent projects together. And, and sticking with it and going yeah. past the setbacks, you know. Exactly. And, and there have been both internal and external setbacks. Um, but one of the things that, you know, I was looking at is where do you draw the line in the sand for your own IP when you are now being approached by other people? Oh, yes. Now we're going deeper, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. Take away, Alex. We kind of, we pre-game this, so I know where we're going, but (laughs) yeah, you gotta, you gotta know what you will and what you won't. So talk about it. Now, so so I'll I'll just I'll just say that you know something that is that I'm living right now uh, has great grandchildren in that some of my other projects years ago you know more than 25 years ago 30 years ago uh, went through something similar but the stakes are higher now but I will just say you know there's a point where you've created something you've lived with it you've developed multiple stories on it you know multiple can be three or multiple can be fifteen. But the bottom line is you've lived with these characters, you've developed these stories, you know this universe, this world that you've created. And then other people come to you. Now, they come to you, or maybe you go to them because you want backing for the yeah. project or something like that. But now they're involved. They want to get their, their hands on it. And, and they come with, I'm not even going to talk about you know manipulating people. I'm just going to talk about right now, just straight up, people come into your life and they say, oh, yeah, I get it, I see it. But what I want it. Yeah. yeah. What they're seeing is they're seeing what you put in front of them, kind of, sort of, but they also have their own spin or their own angle or their own view of it or ideas that they want to do with it. So then you have to you have to listen because that's the first thing. I, I, I've got buddies and friends who wanted an agent or they wanted an editor to work with them or they wanted a film company to work with them, and they showed them their stuff, and the moment they started to hear anything that involved change or something that wasn't quite within the structure of what they, they pulled it. You know, because, no, I'm not changing anything. I'm not listening to anything. And so, you know, they got the doors you know, closed on their own hands. But when you go into these discussions, I try to go in open to hearing what's being said. Whether I agree with it or not, it's not even the, the fact at that point. It's listen. Right. So I'll go in. So I've done this in the past and I'm going through it now of where I've taken a property that's mine, that I've created, that I've lived with a long time. And I've put it before others who are professionals in their various uh, realm or field. And I said, okay, I would like my property to move forward into your parameters and be even bigger than what it is now. And and that's that's immediately like saying, I want to date you. <laughs> that's because you're, you're establishing a relationship. 
And the relationship is not necessarily going to be 50-50, 60-40. Now you're talking to the business end, right? Yeah, you're talking to the business so, end. So you got to remember that they're looking at your property not as a wonderful, creative, delicious, you know, euphoric experience. They're looking at how, how are we going to make money off of this? Right. Where's the audience and where's the greenbacks? Because that's what we're looking at. Will this appeal to a massive amount of folks so that we can get our money? Now, you you have to go in knowing that yeah, and being it, ready to accept that, that all right, all that creativity that's that came from your heart and soul. But now we're talking to a business uh, um, platform yeah. and entity and that from the heart, they're coming from the wallet. And and again, I'm, I'm trying to paint this fairly because everybody yeah, knows yeah. there's there's. They're the people who will crush you in a heartbeat out there, and they're the people who will love you to death, and still nothing will happen. Nothing will get developed. But this episode I, isn't about the the crushers. It's about that subtle pain. Right, right. <laughs> exactly. It's about you got your finger caught in the door. The reality is it's not going to be exactly what you envisioned. Even if they absolutely love everything you put in front of them, they're also, you're going to have a director and so forth. They're also artists that are going to be involved. Like when you take a play and you give it to actors and a director, it becomes something more, not necessarily something else, something more, because they're putting their creativity and their experience into it. So in this case, I have uh, this property that, you know, that I love and all that kind of stuff. And I entered the conversation with an open mind. And I've been here before, by the way, over the years. So it's not totally foreign territory to me. Now, now the goal is to get everyone to pull in the same direction. It, right? That's the goal. That's the okay. goal. Let's, yes. talk, let's talk about the reality. Yeah, the reality. The reality is, um, as the world works, you know, anybody can say to you, I get it. And you shouldn't assume that they get what you get. You have to you have to know that there's absolutely every possibility that what they're seeing is not what you're seeing. Doesn't make them bad people. It's just that that's a reality. Right. And so you've got to push for more clarity. You have to push for more dialogue. You know what do you mean by that, or how do you mean what What do you see? And then you got to listen, listen. Don't shut down. Listen as they put it out there. And then comes the really tough part. This is the really hard part because if you're not just going into a meeting hardcore, anti-anything anybody else has to say. If you're not going in that way, then you're going to hear some stuff. And maybe one or two of those things, are, mm -hmm. well, you know, it's really different from what I, you know, but, you know, you have to make a call. Can you live with that change? Can you live with that slightly different skewed or a skewed point of view for this character or characters that you have developed, built, and loved, lived with and loved and all that. And will it, this is a big question, will it benefit the project? Right. That's, you know? that's a big growth step. You did something, uh, well, you didn't do it, but you talked about it. And I don't, I don't want to sort of blow it out there if you don't want it out there, but I will say this much. We were talking about yesterday's conversation? Uh, to some degree, yeah, yeah, yeah. With with Mallory and Gunner, now, you know, folks, again, I've created characters that I've lived with for a long time, and I love them, and there are pain points of changing certain things that I won't change, and then there's other things that I will. Mallory and Gunner have existed in your life for more than 10 years. As a matter of yes. fact, you've yeah. said even one of the names goes back even further than that. Yeah, it goes yeah. back. <laughs> right. Yeah, many years. So you had them... And I know Chris. I know Chris very well. I, if, if you folks can sort of get this from it, Chris is the kind of guy who uh, I often say this to people, my students and whatever. I say, I've got this buddy named Chris. You're, you're, you're whining that I've given you 20 questions to ask about your character. He's got over 170 some odd questions that he that's, goes. Yeah, that's my starter kit. Right, right. Okay. So he knows whether or not this character picks your nose and what it looks like when it comes out. That's that's how much he knows his characters. I know they're very serial. Right. So you, you <laughs> live with them that long in this creative experience. And then just just twice now I've heard you. Yesterday was one, but even before that, you've considered making a change right. in who that character is or what that character is 
after all those years of knowing Mallory or Gunner as this. Right. You know, you've, you've considered changing gender, race, you know, which would change backgrounds and, and, and certain reality, you know, realities and attitudes. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, I have three things I think I can say. One, it's training and preparation for what this editor may say. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to kind of get myself ready for any creative uh, um, eventuality, right? And I think if you don't think of the work, all right, what's important in the work and what can still be creatively flexible in the point, then you allow this um, defensiveness to come in. And that's the death knell of creativity. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, secondly, I listened to Jim Facilli, who is uh, uh, an author. And if you don't know him, Google him, check him out on Amazon, take out a book from the library, give him a chance. He was kind enough to be my mentor in W, uh, uh, me, MWA, which is uh, Mystery Writers of America. And he said a couple of things, some of them just offhand. You know, one of the things was about um, uh, one character, Gunner's sexism. And uh, I, rather than get defensive, I said, all right, he's seeing it in a different that way than uh, I wrote it. You know, he was a flirt back then. Then I realized back then the book has been in existence, you know, in, uh, uh, to one degree or another for a decade, a decade that has seen very many social changes. Mm-hmm. So you got to make a decision. Do you let them start to uh, crust over and decay, or do you look at them with fresh eyes and say, all right, if you still want them, if you want them to be more evergreen, what has grown, uh, intolerable in the, in the society? Now there are some things you, if it's crucial to the book, you don't let it go. What's crucial to the book for Mallory and Gunner is their loyalty to each other, right? And their loyalty to family and Gunner feels himself part of Mallory's family. Mary's, Mallory's uh, married with two kids. He feels like he's uh, uh, dedicated to those three people. Uh, maybe not as deeply as Mallory, Correct, but damn right? close, right? Huh? You said three people. You, you well, said... it's it's Mallory's wife and two... two oh, sons, sorry. Right? Thank now, you. He's, he's partners with Mallory, right? Mm-hmm. That detective That's partner, but he there. also loves Mallory's okay. family, right? Yeah. So... Um, if that's the core and, and, and their journey together through, you know, the, the story, and we don't want to go into more detail there, then you have to ask yourself, can, can some of the um, uh, uh, flirtiness go? Can some of the cursing go? Uh, and then I started going, well, if push came to shove, what could go and couldn't go? And I've been pitching you things like, you know, this could happen or that could change, you know, and it would create different creative opportunities, but it wouldn't ruin the core of the story. The reason that did, I get up in the morning, you know, right. four you in the morning did that with, with Blackjack, where you, you, you mentioned some of the supporting characters. And you said, well, how would you feel if, if it went this way or this as an exercise? Yeah. Right. You know, and, and it's, you know, and again, that's when you have to listen to yourself, you, the, the, the writer, listen to yourself and go, OK, yeah, is that. Could I do that? How would that affect, you know? And some people, again, you know, this is not a judgment thing, but, you know, the reality is some people would absolutely, again, shut off. I can't. Right. I couldn't. Don't even think about it. Okay. And, and we're talking we're talking about a very conscious, uh, careful consideration. Yeah. Not being in, like, a writer's group where sometimes you get um, a less than positive person who would say, well, I would do this, and this is how yeah. I would do that. Well, that's your story. Right. That's, that's not the kind of consideration it. we're talking about here. Yeah. We're talking about ourselves as the creator being flexible to the possibilities of the story that exists now, and can we look at it from different angles with the idea of does that help, help improve the story or help tell the story or 
if we're putting our business head on, does it help sell the story mm-hmm. without selling out the story? Right, exactly. And that's there's a razor edge line between those two. <laughs> well, yeah, let me, let me try and use this as an example uh, of that. You know, over the years, many people, especially in Hollywood, who have approached me about blackjack, has said, you know, does he have to be in the past? Couldn't we put him in the in the present day? And he would still do this and still do that. And for the ones who are just thinking, yeah, he can still kick butt and take names. Yeah, we're not going to talk about them. I'm talking about people who say, well, he could still deal with these issues and such and such. So it'd still be a fuller character as well as just a black man with a gun who wants to get laid. Uh, so, Whoa. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm hey, sorry. Blackjack's that, a lot more than that, but all right. Thank you. But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> now, some people want to just take it to that level because that's right. the level they understand. But we're not talking about those people. I'm talking about somebody who, who's basically thinking we could still do a full character, but can we do it present day? You know, nothing would be lost as, as a phrase that's come to me several, several times. And I said, no, I'm sorry, something would be lost. And he said, yeah, but we still have racism. We still have this. And I said, yeah, you're right. I said, but once again, one of the things that black people face on this planet, <laughs> and in particular in this country, but probably in others as well, is we've been presented, certainly in my lifetime, we've been presented with, we've had a limited history. All we've basically been are slaves and domestics until maybe the 70s or 80s. Then suddenly we got all these jobs. We didn't invent anything. We didn't create anything. We didn't explore anything. We didn't do anything worthwhile. Uh, According to the history books. Right. People didn't even think we were in the wars. You know, I never saw any black people in any of the John Wayne movies. You know, so, I mean, there's whole mentalities about that. It's almost like we did not exist on any other plane than two throughout all history. And that's one of the crucial aspects of Blackjack is that... Not only for him, but for the people that he encounters often. Hey, we existed then. Right. And here is some of the things that we were doing, because one of the things I do with these stories is I pull in pieces of history and not always black history. You know, to me, it's about respecting. I mean, I grew up watching a lot of old movies and things that it was always, you know, white people in makeup portraying all these other cultural experiences right. and these other these other races and things and disrespectfully in many of them i mean some of the movies that i remember enjoying you know as a kid or as a teenager i'm looking at them going dag <laughs> you know what whoa okay you know you couldn't find any chinese people to do this right so for me when i pulled that's those cold forward, <laughs> i pulled those things forward in my stories to try and honest representation so when you make when you take blackjack out of the past and put him in the present day you are losing something you are losing the ability to tell those stories that have not been told or been told very little for generations and so that's a key factor to me my blackjack aaron day is in the 1930s he will remain seated in that era you know, moving forward from that era. That was his time period. The things that he does when I write him, that's what he does. And it was a factor in any of the negotiations I've ever been in. No, we don't make a modern day version of it. No. Now, I did, in 2008, create a legacy which shows what his descendants did and, and bring that into, bringing us into the present day. And there's a whole storyline I worked out for that and stories and so forth. But... Aaron Day, no, he, he was born back there, the back then. He moved through the 30s and 40s, doing all these adventures and things. That's that character, and it's imperative to me that he remain in that era. Yeah, those are the lines that I would draw in the sand, you know, and say, no, I cannot do that. But yes, we can change this, or we could look at serving the story in a different way with you know some ideas that you've come up with. And that's, you know, you and I have had those conversations. What can, yeah. we, what can we not do? Well, it, it comes first with them paying attention to what the IP is. You know, you start with uh, someone who says, oh, blackjack, yes. Uh, let me ask you, does he have to be black? <laughs> and does he have to be a jack? Yeah. You know, then it's time to walk out of that room. Yeah. <laughs> you don't get the essence. Yeah. You know, and Jimmy Moore is blackjack. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have a, uh, um, another property, another IP 
that would allow them to be modern. And so here you are. I'm being very careful with how I phrase things. Um, I appreciate that. Here you are um, addressing an issue that has been proposed before. And we notice, oh, wait, there's these other things that are not being paid attention to. You know, and it's you're trying you're trying to do the business. You cannot you cannot force a person to get it the same way you get it. No, you can't. So, you can't. So when when someone tells you they get your IP, ask them to explain what they get. So yeah. that you see if it's on the same page. Yeah. And I know my background is very different than it was a minute ago, but yes. we've we've kind of been having a conversation and I got the um low battery signal. So right now we're charging as we talk. So. Oh good good man, good man. I, I thought so, we were gonna do something else because I'm I'm not sure where we are, but it looks interesting. Uh, <laughs> just just to bring bring you know this episode because you know we're we're getting to that hour, uh to bring some some focus points to this. Once again, it's about being as clear as you can, of not only about what you created, but what is the purpose of that creation? Where do you want it to go? What, do you, what did you hope it would do? How much are you willing to work on it? Uh, in terms of rewrites, like you warned, Chris, you don't want to just be rewriting and rewriting and rewriting for the sake of rewriting, because that's what you do is just rewrite. But to have a, a particular goal in mind, and even with you know you rewriting a book that you'd won some awards and had attention you'd done readings of and people had accepted and enjoyed it loved it whatever but that followed but, a business opportunity right so you went back and 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 it wasn't uh at least as far as i know you it wasn't a haphazard decision on your part it was like oh yeah okay let me just do that you you really thought about it you looked at the possibilities you looked at what would be the benefits and then you spent weeks carefully rewriting well if you're going to do it you have to do right. it right and, but looking at and this is what i'm trying to point out to the folks who may be listening to this and wondering oh well i could just say you looked at structure you looked at dialogue you looked at character development each one with a priority and yes and and adjusted something sometimes it was you removed something but other times it was fine-tuning right Right. Well, it was it was those two, and it was a third thing. Again, Jim Facilli coming to the rescue here. He he pointed out that there was a particular character that was of interest, and look at this huge gap before we see him again. Let's you know, let's see uh, a more balanced attack. And I had done the disappearing villain uh, for a reason. You know, it was. I wanted the audience to know more than the uh, heroes did. Mm -hmm. But if if this is what a mentor is going to say, you have to listen. You know, it's like I always say, tell the, t the students, you know, I can't force you to learn. That end of the, the, the cycle or that end of the circle is your end, you know. I will present everything I can in the class as clearly, as creatively as I can. But if you prefer your phone or you prefer, you know, daydream or you prefer whatever drama is going on to paying attention. I cannot pull you out of that. Teaching is an interactive activity. You have to. Mm -hmm. I want to get back to what we were talking about. One, I didn't do this. Um, like you said, I didn't do this haphazardly. I was going to do pre-marketing or pre-pitching um, for um, for a new project I have when this came up. And it was a surprise because uh, the other professional I had spoken to said, "They those that you have published yourself, will those books will never see the light of day. You have to change your name as an author. You have to do this. You have to do that. You know, it's like, you know, big scarlet A on my chest. Which, that's really not the way the market is anymore. And then when this uh, opportunity um, presented itself, 
I said, well, that's a dynamic idea. Here's a person who's thinking in a different way. Mm -hmm. Can I do that? And like you said, I walked around and discussed it with myself and it, it is a business decision. And then if it's going to be a business decision, the creator take over and all right, be creatively responsible. Mm -hmm. If it does not work out afterwards, if this publisher who says, yeah, I, I did say I would look at it and I did look at it and I'm opting no. Worst case scenario, I have a far superior uh, uh, version of the book and I will, I'm about to start working. The editor now has the, the manuscript. So I'm about to work on that level. And her resume is stunning and it's, it's not the level of person I've worked with before. I mean, your experience uh, uh, is impressive and all that sort of stuff but you don't really work with me as an editor. You know, mm -hmm. when you when you got me to write Blackjack, you're the publisher, you know? And uh, you may say, well, this logic or that logic. She doesn't have the friendship first part that you and I have, yep. you know? So who knows? Well, she's not invested. Ask could be coming from my neck. Yeah, she's not invested <laughs> in it the same way that, that I am, you know, or, or even some of the people that you know that you, we've all worked with. It's, it's a different relationship. And she's coming at it very much as a hired gun. And, and that's fine, you know. And you're, you're, you're ready to either meet her in the saloon or out on the street. On a dusty no, street. I hired that gun. Yeah. <laughs> I am. I am. And, and that's one of the reasons why we did that exercise with what if this character was changed or what if this mm -hmm. was changed? It's in preparation to, well, what are these fresh eyes going to see that I may not be seeing, you know? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I think this episode is trying to get across to um, aspiring writers or people who are, you know, in it, like we're in it. There's the creative process. Well, you work, you work, you work, and then there's the professional process where it is now an IP. And if you're dealing with other publishers, other business people, and they start to look at other possibilities, you have to assess that as your IP. Does that help? Can you live with that change? And, you know, if, if it's like, I can't live with any changes, don't be surprised when everyone says ah, then we can't work with you yep. but on the other end you also have to protect your ip yeah you know and if, you've got uh, to someone learn comes to alex and says does black jack really have to be black or, or, or a jack for that matter yeah uh, that person really doesn't get the ip as it exists exactly and you can say you know yeah you could change all that but i won't be yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's that's you know that's your personal choice. thank you for your time yeah. Right. I, I do want to say, because, uh, again, it is that time. I do want to say that the last thing that I would throw into this, this stew is in looking at where you draw your line in the sand, uh, also understand that you are going to do this dance with yourself at times. It's not always going to be an outside world. It's also going to be an inner one. And something that I've seen in particular with independent comic book uh, artists who have created their own uh, entities, their own creations, their own books, is that they've created issue one and they're planning at some point to do issue two. And yes, sometimes it's money, but other times it's that they don't know what to do with it. And they'll talk for years about issue two coming out, issue two coming out, issue two coming out. And I think part of that is did you do your homework to begin with when you created your IP? Or did you respectfully create something that resonated with the characters and the books that you love that other people are already doing? And so you did your version, but you changed the name. And now you don't know where to go because you haven't created your character. You haven't. You got to ask those 140 questions. You yeah. Gotta, you got to really know. Because once you have created this individual, whether it's human or alien or robotic or whatever, once you've created that character, it begins to tell you its story. You know so much about it that you can see how it moves through the world, either the one you've created or the one that we exist within. 
And that's where a lot of your ideas come from. And it also then enables you to make some of the decisions we're talking about now. But, but you make a good point that I want to underline. You said you know so, so much about it, if you know so much about it. If you've done the homework, if you've walked around with, for example, index cards, filling out way more information about your characters than you're not ever going to use. Mm -hmm. If you've asked 200, 300 questions about, if you know the bank bank balance of that character and all those things that will never show up in a story, but it informs character, then you know them as yourself. Yep. And then the second most important thing is, and this is a huge test to creatives. If you can be truly honest mm. with yourself, right? Did yeah. I do everything I, I could? Did I read my material out loud? Am I fooling myself? Does this need another edit or am I procrastinating? Or am I rushing when it actually does need a, uh, another edit? And All done, of that is yeah, about being damn honest. Yeah, yeah. And otherwise you can't tell a damn good story. Yeah, you got to tell the damn story. Okay, everybody, you know, we, we, we threw a lot out there. I hope you find a lot of it useful. Let us go back to the challenge, which is, you know, if you want to be in a blackjack story, 12 people and Chris will jump on board and there'll be more, more stories with you in it. Um, also, any comments, reactions you have to any things that we've talked about today, please you know, feel free. In the comment section, there's also uh, email. You can email us or you can drop it right here in the comment section comment section what so, is what is the email address oh god i was afraid you'd ask me that um it's written <laughs> down but it's 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 ttds on air yeah ttds on air at gmail.com look at that that's a thing of beauty right there yeah yeah well you know you know tell the damn story ttds on air uh, at gmail.com so yeah either way get in touch with us let us know Want to be in a blackjack adventure, victim or villain, or do you, oh, it was a good title there too, victim or villain. Anyway, <laughs> or any commentary or questions about anything we talked about today. Thank you for joining us, and Chris, as always, a pleasure. Always, brother. Peace. Okay.